Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. All right, hey, I actually want you to watch this other quick video that I found this week. It's really great. Go ahead and play this video before we begin. Okay, I'll do it if I can. Wait a second, I'm weak, I'm strong, God made me strong, I'm going to jump in this water, right now we have to fall. Okay, Now, if you couldn't hear him, that little boy really wanted to jump into that pool. But when it came time to actually jump into the water, (laughs) he had to give himself a little bit of a pep talk, didn't he? You may not have heard him, but he had to yell this out to himself. He said, I am brave. I am strong. God made me strong. (laughs) That's what he said. And I'm going to jump into this water right now. Now, I don't know who this little boy was. Uh, but by the end of the video, every time I've watched it, like, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go and j- jump into a pool because I'm brave and God made me strong, too. Now, have you ever had an experience like that before? Right, like this little boy, right? I mean, think about it. An experience where in your head you thought, I got this. I got it. There's no problem. This is going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And when you're faced with that situation, right, you're thinking that, but then you're you're faced with that situation, well, an entirely different set of emotions wander into your mind. All right, let me, let me give you an example. As many of you know, Christina and I, we've been going through some fertility treatments for, for years. And as a part of that treatment, at the beginning of that, the first time around, we had to give Christina some short uh, series of shots at home. And we're professionals at it now. But at the beginning of that process, when we first did it, we had to learn this system, right? All right for example, they, they gave us a process. They said, clean the skin and clean the needle, right? That's the first step, right? Fill up the needle with the medicine, okay? Right? Flick out the air bubbles, put the needle in the stomach in a specific spot using a specific angle, and make sure you get all the medicine out, then wipe the skin clean again. That was the process, all right? Okay, we, we got this. We heard the process. We thought, we got this. And so we went to the pharmacy. We picked up the prescription the first time around, and, and they went through the whole process with us again. Clean the skin, clean the needle, fill up the needle with the medicine, flick out the air bubbles. That's my favorite part. All right, put the needle in the stomach at a specific spot using a specific angle. Make sure all the medicine gets out, right, into the stomach. Then wipe the skin clean again. Okay, we got this, right? We know the process. Now, now we're home. It's time for our first shot. And the doctor sent us a video to watch. And guess what? It goes through the entire process uh, with us again, right? It goes clean the skin. Clean the needle, fill the needle up with medicine, flick out the air bubbles, put the needle in the stomach in a specific spot using a specific angle, make sure you get all the medicine out, then wipe the skin clean again. All right, let's do this, Christina, right? First, clean the skin, 
Check. All right, next, fill the needle up with medicine. Check. All right. Make make sure all the bubbles, make sure all the bubbles are out. All right, check. All right, and then and then I look at the face of my beautiful wife Christina, and and I'm holding the needle, excited to jabber. Right, I'm holding the needle in my hand, and I don't think I've ever seen her more afraid in her life. I mean, the sheer panic in her eyes. It was like she was a little lamb, and I was standing there like Abraham with a meat cleaver <laughs> over her head. And then the tears, they just start streaming down her face. And men, if you ever made your wife so scared that she started crying and not on purpose, well, that pain I felt in my heart. Right? This was not in any of the instruction sessions. This was not a part of the process. Tears were not supposed to be a part of this process. We went through it multiple times. I put the needle down, and I, I started to console Christina. Uh, but I, I don't want to hug her because I'd get her stomach dirty, and we'd have to start this whole process over again. And, and she's like the little boy in the video, right? She's like the little boy in the video. She's trying to reassure me. She's trying to reassure herself. She's saying things. We got this. We're strong. We're brave. We can do this. And I'm saying, you know, I'm having a really hard time believing you with all the tears that are coming down your cheeks. Right? It was a mess. It really was. However, I did learn a lesson that day. Take a look at this, right? Learning about shots is a lot different than actually giving shots. It's just the way it is. Learning about shots is a lot different than actually giving shots. As much as I gained information about it, thought about it, uh, anticipated it, it's not quite the same as actually giving the shot, right? actually doing it. Right? You, you know what I mean. Sometimes, no matter how much we know in here, in our, our head, when faced with actually doing something out there, out here in the real world, well, things can be a little bit more complicated. Amen? Right? right? The, they, they, the, the same can be said for a lot of things in our life. Just think about it. Remember when you were learning about driving? Eh, oh, I got this. This is easy. I've driven a go, go, golf cart or a goat cart, right? I, I can drive, and then when you actually started driving... Right? You got behind that wheel for the first time. Two different things. Right? Remember when you were learning how to balance your, your checking account and pay your bills, and then you actually started to have to do those things. You had responsibilities, and, and Taco Bell was calling your name every day around 12 o'clock every day. Right? That made doing a lot harder than learning. Right? Sometimes reality. And just think about it. Sometimes reality hits us hard, and, and the cross-section of knowing about something and actually doing it gets complicated. Right? And this can be true of our walk with God, too. I mean, I'm not blowing any minds when I say that, right? I can say that most of us here today, most of us watching online today, have a general idea of who God is. 
this. Right? We may uh, listen to sermons each week. We bow our heads. We close our eyes during prayer most of the time. And we even sometimes read our Bible if there's nothing else on Netflix or Amazon to watch. We, we usually try to say the right things and do the right things because we know what we're supposed to say and what we're supposed to do. But listen, if we're honest, all of this knowledge, all of this up here, right, does uh, not have a lot of application in the real world, in our life, in, in Monday through Saturday. Right? This knowledge of who God is and the knowledge of, of what we're supposed to do does not really have much effect on our everyday lives. A.W. tells her, one of the great theologians of the 20th century once talked about this when he said this. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God. Right? Get this, this is deep. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most, is the most important thing about us. Think about that. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. You see, all of these thoughts we have, all of this information that we have up here in our head explains a lot about how we live our lives, doesn't it? Right, for example, maybe you view God as a judge, right? Maybe you view God as a judge, He's just a judge. That's, that's what pops into your mind. And maybe you picture God up in heaven, sitting on a throne, observing your life. And honestly, you're pretty sure he, he gives you a thumbs down most of the time. Right? And if this, is, if, this is, if this is you, this is probably a pretty exhausting way to live. Right, if all you think about all day long is, is that God is not happy with you, that, that God is upset with you and just waiting to, to drop the hammer, well then, there probably isn't much peace. There probably isn't much joy in your life to be found. Right, you, you know up here in your head that you're supposed to obey God, but you keep messing up, and when you do, the guilt, the, the, the shame... They just eat you up, right? God is, is simply a judge to you. Or maybe you think of God like this. You think of God like an insurance policy provider, like your friendly guy in khakis and a red polo. I forget what insurance that is. Jake, yeah, Jake from State Farm. All right. right? Maybe you think of him like that. He's this insurance policy provider, right? In your mind, God is locked away in one of those bright emergency boxes that you see. Right? It says, uh, be taken out in case of emergency. Right? Well, that can't be a great way to live either, can it? Right? Only talking to God when, when something goes wrong, right? that does not sound like the best way to live life, does it? Right? If we're only thinking about God as a get-out-of-jail-free card, as an insurance protection policy to keep us out of hell, that's not a good way to live. Right? So, so maybe that is how you think about God. Or maybe you think about God, it's, it's what you think about God. It's not even kind of like formed yet. It's not even, even set yet. Maybe you see God as this. You see God as a theoretical God. Maybe that's what you picture 
or what you view when you, when you think of God. Right? He's all about religion. He's all about rules. Uh, the Bible, church on Sunday. God is more of an abstract concept than a real being. Something to just uh, maybe think about for some time. Uh, definitely not something to forge your life on. Right? He, he's just kind of floating up there somewhere maybe. But having any real impact on our day-to-day, on our real life, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, so no matter where we are, we can keep going with examples. No matter where we are, the bottom line is this, right? These thoughts of God are not tangible. They're not tangible, right? We can't grab a hold of them. And when God is not tangible, and neither is our faith. Let's think about that. Right? When, when things are not tangible, there is no real sense of urgency to act, to move, to do, to, to take ground for the kingdom of God. Imagine for a second you were driving down Burke Center Parkway or something. You were driving down the road and you saw someone with a flat tire. That's not hard to imagine. We see it every day. Now, most of us we're, probably would just drive by. That's what we do, right? We just drive by. Some, some of the nicer ones of us, we w- might have this thought like, well, that stinks, <laughs> as we drive by. <laughs> now, some of the saints in the room, or maybe you're watching online, you might even think about stopping. <laughs> right? Oh, that stinks. Maybe I should stop. <sighs> but the majority, majority of us, let's just be honest, we're probably not going to stop. Right now, now imagine for a second, you're driving down the road, and you saw your wife, you saw uh, your, your child, you saw your parents, you saw your best friend, standing on the side of the road with a flat tire. What would you do? You would stop immediately, right? You would, you would go pull a Yui, you would cut through the median, you would pull over, you would, you would stop immediately because it is tangible, it's real, you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it, it is tangible, it's personal. <laughs> At this point, right, we don't just know that having a flat tire stinks, that, that it's no fun. We know that a person we love has a flat tire and so we're going to do something about it. We're going to touch it. We're, 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 going to, we're going to get tangible with it. We're going to grab a hold of it. Now, foundry, right? If our knowledge of God remains up here, if our knowledge of God remains up here in our head, we probably won't do anything about it. That is the tension that we need to deal with this morning. That's the onion we need to peel today. And to do that, we're going to look at a question that Jesus asked one of his followers, uh, like we've done each week in this series of sermons. In the time that we have left, we're going to be looking at one of Jesus' sermons that's found in the Gospel of Luke in the sixth chapter. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. And as always, if you don't have a Bible, use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. Or use the Foundry Burke app. You can download it for free at your favorite app store or whatever those are. And there's a Bible tab. Click the Bible tab and today's scripture is there for you. As you're turning there, let me give you just a little bit of context. As usual, Jesus is throwing down. 
Right? He's speaking a powerful message, and it, it truly is powerful. He's telling stories. He's challenging uh, current forms of thinking and believing. Just overall, he's being a brilliant teacher. And so Luke chapter 6, verse 43, uh, says this. Right? He, he goes through this teaching, and then he says this. A good tree can produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. Then it says, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of a what? An evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. All right, keep your finger there. So Jesus is wrapping up his sermon, and he goes straight to the heart. I mean, literally, he goes straight to the heart. He says, you want to know if a person is good? You want to know if a person is true? You want to know uh, if they're pure, if, if they're on the right track. You want to know if what is in, in here is actually down in here too. Look at the fruit of their life. <laughs> what are they producing? What's, what's being harvested? Uh, look at the, uh, the life and what's being produced and the fruit that's being brought to, to, to bear there. Are good and encouraging words coming out of their mouth? Or are they always complaining? Or are they always, always gossiping? Are they always just tearing others down? Are they always being selfish? Or are they a forgiving person? Or, or are they always going to hold a grudge and never let go? Or are they always going to make everything about them and not about others or, or those who don't know Jesus? Or are they a joyful person? Or are they always going to look... Uh, for, the, for, for Jesus in a situation? Or does everyone secretly call them Eeyore? Right? right? Just look at their life. See what's being produced. Right? You get what I mean, right? Jesus, Jesus is saying here that, that real faith is something that you can see. You grab a hold of it. It's tangible. Right? It's not just head knowledge that sits up here. It is faith that is out in the real world on display for all to see. So, so Jesus then asked this question in verse 46. He says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say? You see, Jesus, he, doesn't, he does not equate professing faith Right, with, with, with saying, hey, I, I believe. He doesn't equate professing faith with possessing faith. <laughs> right, he's saying just because you say I'm Lord or just because you know I'm Lord up here in your head, that does not mean you have faith. It's not enough just to say you know God or know about Jesus. It is not enough just to think about God or know about faith. You should be able to see your faith. It should be tangible. Right? That is why Jesus continues to drive this question deep into us with, with verses 47 through 49. 
He says, I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, <laughs> listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs a deep foundation, lays the foundation on solid rock. Right When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it was well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. <laughs> I mean, to put it another way, if you want God to show up in your life on a larger scale, you can't just lean on listening to sermons. You can't just rely on learning more religious information and, and downloading podcasts or reading books. You have to actually do something with what you're learning. You actually have to do something, Foundry. Right? That is what helps your faith change and grow. That is how we forge ahead, how we advance the kingdom of God. Right? You have to build your life on it. You have to build your life on it. So, so here's the whole point of this morning. The whole point of this message is faith is about doing, not just hearing. Right? Faith is about doing, not just hearing. That is, that is why we say we have to forge ahead. Right? When we go to church, uh, when we listen to sermons, when we download those podcasts, when we read spiritual books, when we, we follow uh, Christian Instagram people, right? but do nothing different. We do all those things, but we don't do anything different than we are following a theoretical God. We're just following stuff up here. right? He may be our Savior, but he's not the Lord of our lives. We are believers, but we are not disciples, his followers. Guys, when Jesus was on earth, he did not call his disciples by saying, believe in me. No, he said, follow me. He didn't say just believe in me. He said, follow me, get tangible, put hands on it, do something with this. Right? But here's the kicker. We have to obey from the proper motivation, don't we? <laughs> right? If you hear this sermon and you think that, that God the judge will give you a thumbs down if you do not do what he says, that may motivate you for a little while, but it won't in the long term. Right, look, look, look at this. If we could do enough good stuff to please God, he would not have needed to send Jesus. If we could have done enough good stuff in our life to please God, to make him happy, he would not have needed to send Jesus, our Savior. Right, since the beginning of time, human beings have been coming up short. We stink. And we've been coming up short and doing enough so God sent Jesus to do it for us because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. It went from do to done because of Jesus. Right? Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. All right? 
He says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. He says, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Some of our, our translations say life to the full or abundant life. All right? God sent Jesus because he loves us. Jesus died for us because he loves us. Jesus came back to life, uh, defeating sin and defeating death. Right? God is referred to as the good father. He wants great things for us. He, he wants us to experience less regret and more joy. He wants us to have more health and more purpose, life to the full, abundant life. Not the easiest life, but a life that we were created to live. <laughs> we are his sons. And we are his daughters. There are zero indicators that God wants anything for us other than what is in our best interest. The Apostle Paul, he put it this way in, in 2 Corinthians. Right, he says this in chapter 5, verse, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Jesus has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Now, I want, I want you to lean in here, Foundry Church. <laughs> Whatever your view of God is, I'm talking about that quote from the beginning. Whatever our view of God we had when we were growing up or when we were young in our faith, or maybe we're not there yet and we're just still trying to figure out who he is. The truth is, is that for those of us who have placed our hope and our trust in the person of Jesus Christ, who have made him the Lord of our lives, who are forging a life on him, God says that we are brand new creations brand new creations and, and if you haven't put that hope and that trust and made Jesus Lord of your lives that's for yours for the taking right? you can step into that right? he, he says that we are, are holy he says that we are, are righteous not because of what we do but because of what Jesus has done for us so, so take, take a look at this right what if we kind of flip this what if, what if it was not a matter of what we do but more about accepting the completeness of what Jesus has already done for us and who that makes us in return. <laughs> There's freedom there. There's freedom there, right? Nothing we can do, uh, nothing we can do can, or will ever increase or decrease his love for us. After all, right, that, that love was the reason why he died for us in the first place. We, we can enjoy God and partner with him, right? do things in his kingdom right? to, to decrease the, the mess of this world and in our lives, and we can move towards freedom. We can move towards power. We can move towards purpose. Right? We can partner with God even in the mess and in the junk and in the chaos. And we can partner with God and depend on him to help us actually do what he says. Not just to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. God loves you, Founder Church. He loves you. He, he, he smiles over you. He, he wants good things for you. 
take your hand off of the top of the glass and let him fill it. That's a, take, we got to take our hands off the top of the glass, the top of our, our cup of our life, and we just got to let, let him fill it, let him lead us toward that freedom, that peace, that power, that joy, that love, that gentleness, and all those fruits of the Spirit, so we can bear those things. Right, but I know, how does this play out today, tomorrow, when school starts and the kids are worn out and cranky and we're worn out and we're cranky and how do we do this in our everyday lives i think it starts by our view of god (laughs) just like we talked about at the beginning right he's he's not a judge waiting for you to mess up just throw that out that's not him right he's not waiting with the gavel up there He, he he you know just to say oh messed up again what an idiot you know, solitary confinement, whatever. He's, he's not an insurance policy provider. He's not Jake from State Farm. He, he's not theoretical. Right? He, he's not, not a bodyguard. He's not a thing that we break in case of emergency. Whatever it is, he's this. He's, he's a father, and it's our job to trust him. He's a father, and it's our job to trust him. It's our job to trust that Jesus took care of it all. It's our job to trust that. It's our job to trust that he already made us new. If we've made him the Lord of our lives. And if you haven't, like I said, you can become that new creation. It's our job to trust that that he loves us and he likes us even when we mess up. It's our job to trust that that it, it is easy to make God smile. It's our job to trust that, that he's big enough to handle things when we mess up. That, that, that it's our job to trust that, it, that he's capable of saying, hey, go into that mess, wade into that deep, into that, that chaos, into the, the frustration of, of work and of, of family and just the, the dysfunctional relationships and COVID and politics and just everything. He says, wait into that. It's our job to trust that he's with us and we'll be okay and that there's purpose in that process, right? He'll walk with us. He'll partner with us. We got to trust that as we mature instead of, of waiting on us to mature in order to be close to him. We got to trust that. Right? we got to trust that he's, he's with us now instead of over there at the finish line waiting for us. That he's with us. That there's great power and that there's great purpose in the process, not just the finish line. And we're not just living for that one day. We're living for now because we have purpose now. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. Let's trust that. Right, the, the, and then we got to identify one area where we can move from information to application. Right? We start moving the things we have that are up in our head, up in our up, up here, and we got to start moving them down into our our heart. That's that's where trust comes in. That's that's the heart work. The uh, you know moving these things down and. You know, scripture and, and 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 not just hearing it, but doing it, but then getting really practical. Right? Right? That's the key. 
Right? So, so ask yourself, what is, what is one thing that we have heard a lot about but haven't done anything about? Maybe, that, maybe that's a starting point for you to give to God, right? What's one thing that can stretch, stretch your faith by obeying what God asks you to do? Maybe you know there's something that you have to step into, but you just haven't been doing it. You haven't been obeying that. What's one way that we can move our house right, our, from, from surface level, like his illustration, to a foundation on rock? We've got to ask ourselves these questions, and that's work. Because we've got to be real. We've got to be authentic. Right? Well, what's something that you've been learning about that you could put into practice? Right? For, for example, maybe it's, it's spending some intentional time with your spouse and with your kids. And actually discipling them of things of eternity and not just earthly things, right? I mean, maybe it's getting involved in serving somewhere. Many of you signed up to serve last week in different ministries. Thank you. Maybe it's forgiving someone, right? There's always this thing in your head. And you got to get it down here and you got to forgive. Right? Maybe, it, maybe it's giving or tithing to the ministry of, of this church. <laughs> Take time and pray and ask God to show you an area where you can move from just hearing things. Or say, oh yeah, I got to do that. Or that's something good to do one day. Or, or, or yeah, that will help my family or help me grow in my faith. That will help me forge. Stop hearing it and do it. Right? Go ahead and just stand right now and we're going to... And we're going we're gonna to step into action right the, with this as we forge ahead and get tangible. As we sing this last song, imagine if instead of thinking that it was your responsibility to please God, think about it like this. Instead, you saw it as an opportunity to partner with him to walk you out of your mess and into more of that freedom. And imagine if you started doing some of the things that the creator of the universe asks you to do. Because like we said, God loves you. Right? He, he said that he, he, when he came to this earth so that we can have abundant life, we can have life to the full, we can have life of purpose. He wants good for you. We can trust that when he asks us to do something that it's for our best. It's for the best interest of us and his kingdom, for his glory and for his honor. Because remember, right, faith is, is about doing, not just hearing. So let's partner with God and let's stretch our faith. Let's continue to worship him this morning.